So, again, my bona fideles are I am the, I have a badge as a top fan of New Life Christian Ministries on Facebook. I don't have that for my church. <laughs> I just love, 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 love this church. And I'm going to invite you to your Bible with you. Open to John 13. Uh, if not, I'm sure it'll be on the screen. I, I was asked two weeks ago for this. That is awesome because you know what guest speakers never do? Get their notes in on time. So that's awesome. I'm so blessed by that. I, I want to share with you that this church is very special to me. And it's not just because I think you're all great. It's not just because I think you have great pastors. But I do believe all those things. Uh, this church is very special to me because of how unique it is. When I see how you do ministry, when I see your passion and how you go about doing that, and when I see the diversity, I love this, that people from different backgrounds, and I'm not just talking ethnic or cultural, I'm talking about different church backgrounds, different ideas, different philosophies. You've come together under the banner of Christ. And I love it, I love it, it's unique and it's special. And I hope that you see that as special too. And I return to Jim what he said to me, that he and Damien are such a blessing. I wanna pray real quick, and then I wanna make all of you angry, okay? I wanna pray. Father, would you give us a moment in which we supernaturally hear your word. Silence my tongue for my thoughts and give me yours. Silence our ears for our thoughts and give us yours. Father, would you do something mighty and would lives be changed because of it? Sing your sons let me pray, amen. Now, I wanna be like Damien when I grow up. I do. I love Damien. I think he's a phenomenal pastor, phenomenal man, but there's one place, one place I've got him beat. The number of jobs. Damien's, I know, he's a hard-working man, right? No one denies that. Probably works a little too much. But I'll tell you what, I love seeing how people have stepped up. I love seeing the different ministries that are happening. I love seeing people get up and go do their ministry. That blesses my heart. But I wanna tell you, I finally got him beat. He's a sheriff's deputy, he's a pastor. I'm a pastor. Some fool asked me to teach a class, so now I teach. Just one. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. And... <clears throat> I've consulted. Now, what that means is if a, if a church has a problem, right, and they don't want to pay a whole lot of money to fix it, they call me. They say, Chris, come on in. We want you to see what's going on. Now, again, I don't know why they do this, but they do. And so I go in. Let me tell you what I love about doing that versus being a pastor or being a professor. Can I tell you what it is? I get to say whatever I want, and then I leave. Now, if Damien comes up here and he makes you all angry, right? He might not, you know, have anyone in the church next week. But if I come up here and do it, I just go home, right? Damien's got to deal with all that, right? So there are some questions. There's usually if a church calls someone and they say, we want you to come alongside us, there's something wrong, okay? Now, here's what is usually wrong. We look around and we don't like something we see. We don't like empty seats, or we don't like what the budget looks like, or we don't like these different things, and we're not quite sure what the next step is. But a consultant, what we do, we don't have all the answers. We have all the questions, right? You ask questions because here's the thing. You are New Life Christian Ministries. I am not, right? I can't come in here and tell you anything about your church. I can only ask questions. But here's the cool thing. I get to ask them, then if you all get angry, I'm just gonna go take a nap after this. I'm going to be fine, right? Now, Damien, I don't know what he's going to step into, but I want to ask you three questions. Sometimes they make churches angry. Sometimes people get really frustrated with me. Sometimes they get really nasty with me, all right? But hey, I've got the microphone, so what can you do? You're going to fight me? Come on. 
I wanna ask you three questions. If every church in Lima were to shut its door today and it was done, who would notice? Now back up, you need to exclude the people who go and sit in church. Who would notice? How would Lima be different? If New Life Christian Ministries were to shut its doors today, which if I make enough of you angry, maybe it will, who would notice? And here's the thing, you can't count those of us who are here right now, you can't count those of us who are online, who are watching. I'm not talking about the people who come here, I'm talking about everyone else. And here's where people can kind of get angry with me, especially when I work with church leadership, because this, this is the next question. If you never did another thing for Jesus, what would be different about the people that God is gonna put in your path. Another way to say that is I'm making an assumption. I'm, I'm assuming that if you're following Jesus, other people's lives will be changed because of it. Now I'm saying, who are those people that in the next five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, 50 years, 60 years for these kids, whose lives wouldn't be blessed? Whose lives wouldn't be transformed? Who would not have the gift of salvation? Because my theology is that God partners with us that he asked us to go out and to do these things. Now, I'm not saying this because I think that New Life Christian Ministries has it wrong. Let me be real honest. You don't walk into a church as not the pastor and, and, and you start saying these things if there's giant problems because you all just kind of would look at me and go, get out, <laughs> right? I ask these questions because I think this is a healthy church. I, I've been watching this church for six or seven years now and I've seen what's happening and I'm encouraged. So I ask these questions because I believe that once in a while, as a family, we need to get together and say, who are we? What makes us different? What makes this church different than the YMCA? What makes this church different than a really cool club that has a great children's program? What makes this church different? In other words, what will you be known for? Now here's the thing, the things that we often think about, you have to already be here, right? You have to already be here to know that Pastor Jim's doing a great job leading us in worship. You have to already be here to know that Damien's a great preacher. And the cool thing, by the way, about us having a 9.30 service is I got to pull over in my car and post on my church's Facebook page about time we got a good preacher. <laughs> Made me so happy. <laughs> then my staff, they liked it. <laughs> Can you believe that? They liked it, they said, yep. <laughs> Now listen, I'll tell you, this is why I ask all these things because I sincerely believe that God has such a tremendous work for the people of New Life Christian Ministries. I believe that he has a continued work. I believe you're on the right track, but I believe he's got even more in store. But I don't think the primary part of it is gonna be on the stage. I don't think the primary part of it will be for those of you who are already here. Now these kids who are downstairs, hopefully gonna make some ruckus in a little bit here. Yeah, maybe them, but their children. I don't believe that God gave you your zip code or your address by accident. I don't believe that he was confused about what this church would become under years, under decades of phenomenal godly leadership. Now, I, I preached a sermon recently about Peter and Peter is just a messed up disciple. He, he's just a broken guy. Right? And it's so funny because especially in the book of John, right? John makes sure to tell everyone how messed up Peter is. <laughs> I love that because if you wrote the book, then you get to see, yeah. and Peter, that, that dork, he just jumped into the, 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 the sea. He started swimming. I turned the boat around because I'm not, you know. 
I love it. I love how Peter's treated. He's so often coming up short in his understanding. Now, now that's because Peter wasn't the smartest guy. Well, but wait a second, he's an apostle. Yep, I'm not saying he's not. But wait a second, he's one of the most important people in Christian history. I know, I'm just saying he's not that smart. Go reread the Gospels. The guy is constant. He's with Jesus all the time, right? And he's got... Now, now hold on here. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, how many of you have you ever heard Jesus say to you, get behind me, Satan? <laughs> right? I mean, come on. So here's Peter. He's so brash. He's cutting people's ears off. That's, what, that's who he is. That wasn't just one moment where Peter went off the rails. That's who he was. So God raises up this man who, who is going to become so important in Christian history. But he's the man who lets Jesus down. He's the one that, especially John, makes sure to say, are you seeing where he doesn't quite have it here? I think that's crazy, but, but here's the thing. Here's his superpower. He is the quickest person in all of the scriptures to come back to Jesus. Have you ever noticed that? He is the quickest to come back. He's the quickest to say, wow, I got that wrong. That's why he jumps into the sea, right? He jumps into the sea because he can't wait to turn this boat around. Jesus is over there. And John just has to point out that he turns the boat around. They arrive at about the same time because that's who John was. He's a little bit of a smart aleck. I'm kind of fancy myself after John. I love it. But Peter has this heart where when he comes to an understanding of what God has called him to do, who God has called him to be, he so quickly desires to come back into alignment with the Savior. He's become an expert at it. Now, here's the thing. We all desire to stay close to Jesus. Please do that, right? Go and sin no more, right? It's that easy. But here's the thing. If we become excellent at seeing that when we stepped away from Christ, that we are called back into relationship with him, that's what repentance is. Repentance isn't something that you stand on a soapbox and you scream. Repentance is something that you put into the core of your faith. That when I've departed from God's perfection, that I would turn away from whatever that is, whatever sin, whatever vice, whatever distraction, and I would turn myself fully toward Jesus Christ. Peter's so good at this. I wanna read an interaction between them, and I'm, I'm gonna apologize because um, I, I think I might have messed up a little bit here. Do we have it in New Living? Okay, I'm gonna turn around and read it. Is it gonna be up there? I'm gonna turn around and read it because I didn't change my notes because I'm really lazy, all right? Can we uh, put up John 13, 33? Yep. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, what are you doing? Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but, but someday, Peter, Someday you will. No, 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 Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And so Peter replied, he exclaimed, then wash my hands and wash my head as well, Lord. 
not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over doesn't need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher, you call me Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. You know, one of the difficulties when you read the Bible in big chunks, you get this moment where you go, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know, why did Jesus wash their feet? Now we say it's because Jesus was gonna be humble and he was gonna be gentle and he wanted to make sure that, that they knew that he'd be served. Now you're right. That's why I love this. When you walk into my office, I've got this little counseling area, right? gets used a lot. I don't know why I'm not very compassionate, but, but it gets used a lot. And when you come in, you see two things. The first one is a giant table full of coffee, right? There, I mean, pour over, you know, French press, man, I, you know, a drip maker hooked up to a little Alexa switch so I can, in my car, go, Alexa, start church coffee. And then I get there and I have delicious, delicious French rose waiting for me, okay? I, I got a problem. I'm not gonna lie, I got a problem. I'm <laughs> gonna need some help on this. But, 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 there's one other thing. It's a towel. It's a towel. Now, it's not used for the coffee. I've got a different towel for that. It simply has the Great Commission on it. And the idea is that as a leader, as a Christ follower, we are called to serve. We are called to serve in inconvenient ways. Please understand something, all right? Feet are nasty. Amen? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Listen, feet are nasty, but first century feet were even worse. I mean, sandals and nasty, that's why Jesus said, okay, listen, you know, you, many of you, you're already clean, but not your feet. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong, you, you've got me, but your feet are still nasty, so you still have to wash them because it's dirty and it's nasty, and it's, yes, a ritual. You know, this is what you, you did in Judaism. You would ceremonially cleanse, but also you would get the nasty, rotten dirt off you too. It, it was all one thing, so here's what's happening. Yeah, Jesus is serving them. He's serving them in a way that no rabbi should ever, according to those thoughts, no rabbi should ever serve his students. But he's also showing them something. And I love this. What's he showing them? If I'm going to wash your feet, what does that mean for you? If I'm going to, if I, you call me Lord, by the way, if I'm going to go and wash your feet, then what are you going to do? I love it because this challenge, this beautiful challenge, you know, he says, who are you going to be? Are you going to go and do these things? It's so important. So here's what I wanna ask you. Are we going to be a people who take these words literally? that we take these words, that what Jesus has done for his disciples, that we are called to do as well, that we are called to go out and to do and to perform and to minister in. 
I love this. Unless I wash your feet, you won't belong to me. What a challenge. What a challenge. He goes on from there saying that he'll only be with them a little bit longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Listen to this. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, you, you can't separate that from what just happened. You, you can't just take that little bit and say, okay, I'm gonna love, so what does that mean? That means that I send people flowers. Okay, whatever. But no, 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 what did he define there? Going and serving and going down and bending down and taking care of people who are lesser, right? He's called us to this. You can't just take this part and say, well, I'm gonna decide what love looks like. Jesus just showed us. That's what love looks like. Now, Simon Peter messes it up. Because that's what it does. <laughs> that's half his role in the Bible. He's just constantly confused. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? Can you imagine? I know Jesus is God, but sometimes he has to go, come on, man. Where, where am I going? Have, three years, Peter. We've been doing this for three years, buddy. Come on, keep up. And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you'll follow me later. See, he's not interested and telling him what it's gonna look like. Isn't it crazy how non-descriptive of heaven the scriptures are? Now it talks about the kingdom of God and what it looks like, but, but when we talk, you know, floating on clouds and playing harps, that's not in there. It's so crazy. It's, it's not about what it's gonna look like, it's about what we're going to do, are we going to follow? But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Oh, big words. Jesus answered, die for me, I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. You'll deny me three times. You'll deny that you even knew me. Unless I wash your feet, you won't belong to me. Peter had challenged that Jesus would dare wash his feet, and Jesus corrected him and taught him that a cleansing from Jesus was necessary, that the disciples, their feet needed cleanse. But for Jesus, what was about to happen, there was gonna be a greater cleansing that came with the cross. See, I love how he would do this. You're going to see in a small way what I'm about to go accomplish in a big way. So here I am, I'm washing your feet, and that seems really nasty, but you better get ready because it's about to get really, really into the parts of the Bible that we don't always wanna show in a movie. We only show clips from the passion when the kids are downstairs, right? It's about to get rough in here. I love it because Jesus is preparing them. If you love me, keep my commands. That's what he says in John 14. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is such a beautiful part of scripture because what we're seeing here is not just that these things are going to happen, not just that Jesus is going to care for us, not just that God came down for a moment so that a few thousand people could really have an awesome spiritual experience, that Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be saying, well, wait a second, the judges were filled with the Holy Spirit at different times, right? The Holy Spirit filled the judges at different times. You're right. It was to accomplish God's purpose, right? You think Samson was strong because he ate a lot of red meat? Come on. No, he was strong because the Spirit of God filled him and he did what needed to be done. But here, here, what we have is the Holy Spirit indwelling you, indwelling me. Why? 
that's weird, right? Why? Because we just say, yep, Holy Spirit's here and that's awesome and I don't really need to talk about this anymore, right? This is wonderful. Of course God gave me the Holy Spirit, I'm great. But why? It's more than that. When Jesus calls us to go love one another, when he starts with the example of washing someone's feet, what he's saying is this Holy Spirit, yeah, is for your sanctification. Yes, it's so that you would fall in love with me more and more. Yes, it's so that you can start to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God, even though you kind of got that little tiny human brain. But more than that, it's to empower you to do what you are called to do. Yeah, he's cleansed his people. They can't follow him yet, but that's okay because they've been given the advocate. And what's this new order? What is their standing order that they will now go and carry out? John 13, 34, and 35. A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. You should love each other. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now standing orders can be powerful. I, I love history. It's one of the other things I do in all my spare time. On 26th of December, 1944, Hiru Onada, I remember that name, was ordered to do all he could to hamper the enemy attacks against Japanese-held Philippines. That was his job, that was his standing order. He was told by his commanding officer, whatever happens, we will come for you. The war ended. About eight months later, it ended. August 15th, 1945. Now, here's the thing. They had dropped leaflets in this area of the Philippines explaining the war is over. They dropped it in Japanese in case there were any additional soldiers. Hero picked up the orders and he looked at it and he said, mm, no, this can't be true. This isn't true. I have my standing orders. I was told by my commanding officer that I will remain here until they come back for me. Now, understand what happened is that from this point on, for many, many years, he was constantly engaging in this little warfare on the island of the, of the Philippines. He was constantly engaging in war, even though he was the only soldier doing it. And people would come out and try to explain to him, the war's over, but he didn't believe him. He kept his standing orders. So what ended up happening is eventually, eventually, they went to the Japanese government. They said, hey, listen, who was in charge of this man? Said, so, well, Major Yoshimi was in charge of him. Okay, can we fly him over? So he gets on an airplane, he flies over, and he walks in in full uniform, and he finds Hero. And he says, all combat activities have ceased. You are relieved of your military duties. You will place yourself under the command of the nearest military officer or an American or Filipino command. The year was 1974. 1974, 30 years after he'd received his original orders. Now, I got to admit, I think at some point I'd say, I quit. <laughs> right? I, 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 uh, now, living in caves, I don't like this. Standing orders are powerful. Yeah. When we sincerely believe that we are under the authority of someone that we trust, that we love, that has our best interests, standing orders are incredibly powerful. Jesus' standing order was to love one another. Oh, now he didn't say love one another if you attend the same church. Ugh. He didn't say love one another as long as all the things that you believe, right, your politics and your philosophy, they all have to align, then love one another. He, he didn't even say love one another 
when it's convenient, when they deserve it. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Well, that means that when people still haven't messed up, we're called to love them. But, but we love them from afar, right? I'm gonna pray for you, right? I'm gonna pray for you. God's called me to pray for, I'm gonna, no, no, no. God has called us to bend down and to wash the feet. Now, this is so crazy. It's our love, but our love of whom that brings us here. There's another standing order that Jesus gave. I love because Damien's preaching this scripture as well as Shawnee Lyons today, right? And I love this, I love this because we didn't really coordinate. <laughs> um, we don't do that, but it shouldn't surprise you, right? So when I looked into the, the plan and I saw this scripture, I thought, oh, come on, man, that's awesome. You should know it. Now, I, I'm not someone who says you can't go to heaven if you don't memorize all the scriptures, okay? But there's some you should memorize. I don't care if you know uh, what chapter it came from, but you ought to know the Great Commission. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. We have a standing order. What is the church? The church in Greek means the called out ones. Isn't that crazy? Because in our experience, church are the ones who are called in, right? The church is the safe place and everywhere else is scary. And so we come to the church and that's where we get fed, right? But, but here's the thing. We're called to be sustained by the Holy Spirit, not, not by a worship service. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. I had a lot of fun. Couldn't see it. I was wearing my mask. I was smiling the whole time. I really like that drum cage. Can I tell you that? Because I have a really little one. And it's a sweat box. It's so nasty. It smells like armpit. It's horrible. This is amazing, right? I loved it here. But, but that's not why we show, that's not why we come together. Church doesn't mean church service. Ecclesia, the called out ones, means those who are called out of where they are into the world. Well, to become, to become of the world? No, 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 no. You don't get it. It's not of the world to bend down and wash nasty feet. That's not of the world. That's of Jesus. And here's the thing. We're called to make disciples. What does that mean to you? What's a, what's a disciple? Seriously. I told you I get to ask all these questions now to deal with all the problems. What's a disciple? Follower of Jesus. I love that. Now, now like following on Instagram, right? What's the difference? It's personal, someone else says something else. Service, absolutely. Okay, huh? Oh, but wait a second. What if we have top fan badge? We're good, right? <laughs> it is gonna come full circle, that's what I do. All right, no, no, listen, listen. Here's the thing, when we talk about following, we talk about following to the exclusion of all else. Listen, I, I know we wanna talk about bobblehead Jesus. Jesus looked at a guy and said, hey, I know your dad is dead. Let everyone else bury him, you come follow me. That's not a parable, that happened. Now, now that's the kind of followership we're called to, but wait a second, Jesus, aren't you, no, 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 you see, yeah, he washed our feet, but he washed it for a purpose. Yeah, he, he, he's kind, he's loving, he's wonderful, but he did this to show us what love looks like. It's sacrificial, it puts others first. So we have these standing orders, and what are they? As a congregation of Jesus Christ, what is it? We're called to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and until Jesus' return, and until he relieves us, 
we have our orders. We will stand, we will love, and this is how we'll be known. So if today all the churches in Lima shut their door, who would know who didn't attend? Now, we're a small part of that, right? There's, there's it's like 200 churches in Allen County, right? But it's hard to conceptualize, but, but what if new life wasn't here? I think there's people in this neighborhood that would notice you're gone. I think there's people who are really looking forward to the summer when you might be out getting to meet them and getting to distribute food and to pray for them, right? See, there's a reason I got that top badge, right? I know what you guys are doing. And here's what I'm calling you to. I, I'm not trying to say there's something broken and fix it. What I'm trying to say is, please remember that this is how you can be known, that you bent down and you washed the feet of your community, that you did it in a loving way. You asked for nothing in return, that you were only there to give, you were only there to love, and this is how you'll become known. And here's the thing, invite them to church, absolutely, right? That's wonderful, invite them to church. But here's the thing, when they get to that moment in their life when they say, where do I turn? May it be this congregation. May you have earned the right to have a relationship with them because you washed their feet. Now what about you? Listen, there should be an eternal difference if you die today versus you died in 10 years. And if there's not, here's the thing. I'm, I, again, I'm gonna go home and take a nap after this. <laughs> Get mad at me, whatever. But hear, hear me. You are called personally to be part of that mission. I don't care if that's with the Matthew pantry. I don't, I don't care if that's with going around on Wednesday nights. I, I, don't, I don't care how you do it. Do you, do you think I care if, if, if you're infantry or airborne? I don't care. We're in the service of our God. Go where you are called. Know your spiritual gifts. And if you don't know them, learn them and go serve because this is how you'll be known by loving people through those acts of service. You used to have a coach and always say, oh, you know, I'm, I'll be the best pitcher this year. He looked at me, you know what he'd say? Don't tell me, show me. Continue to earn this community's respect. Continue to earn that privileged place in their life that when they need help, when they don't know what to do because their loved one is in the hospital, when they don't know where to turn because something is breaking apart, be it their marriage, be it their house, may this be the place where they already know their love. If someone from this community has to walk in to know their loved, we're missing it, guys, we're missing it. And if I made you angry, I don't care because Damien has to deal with it. I hope he made my church a little angry today too. Look, I can only pray for you in this way, that you would continue to be known as the church who will do anything to lavish love on those who are unconvinced of the deity of Jesus Christ. I pray that you continue to find new and different ways. I pray you guys fail once in a while. Because if you don't fail, you're not really trying. I pray that there are times where you outrun your own capabilities you have to rise up as a congregation to meet them. I pray that there are more and more folks that as they sit here, you say, wait a second, they don't look like what we expected someone to look like when they walked in here. I pray it become your battle cry. And here's the thing, I have watched this church for seven years now. 
I get so excited. I get more and more excited each year because I see who you are and I see where you're going and I'm so excited for you. But please hear me, if at the end of the day, we are known, we, listen, again, I got the badge, but I'm, I'm not gonna be here next week. When I say we, because we have something in common, we have our mission and our purpose in common, I don't care that we meet on different sides of town, I don't care if our buildings look different, and I don't care if you've got the way better preacher. What I'm saying is that we have something in common, and that is Jesus Christ. And so that's who we're going to pursue, and we're going to live a life in which we serve him. And how did he call us to serve him? By serving others. The prisoner, the hungry, the people who didn't have it all together. Let's continue to do this. So again, here's the thing. Okay, so now how do we, how do we live this out? First and foremost, it's been the most contentious year of church history since about 1580, okay? All right, I don't care if you're talking about viruses, I don't care if you're talking about politics, it's been nasty out there, right? It's, it's, like, it's like a hockey game, right? We, we're supposed to be shooting the puck, but instead we're just punching each other in the face. That's what it's felt like the last year. That's done. That stuff doesn't matter. That's earthly stuff, that, that, this is trivial. Jesus is at the center, so pursue Jesus. Wholeheartedly with everything you got. Can't wait to see it. We're gonna try to do the same thing. We'll do it together, all right? Second thing is, once you put all those things aside, know that you are meant to be part of this today. Do not wait until you have the job and the time and all those things. I've been waiting for the time for my entire life and it just keeps on getting sucked away. Make time. If Jesus doesn't have priority in your calendar, he doesn't have priority in your heart. And if you're angry, I'm not gonna be here. <laughs> you are called in to be part of this. And here's the beautiful thing. If you look at what's happening here and you find a way to plug in, this is your ministry, you take ownership, awesome. And if you don't, then I want you to walk up to Pastor Damien, I want you to walk up to Pastor Jim and say, hey, I, I need help uh, really understanding my spiritual gifts because I'm having a hard time plugging in. And then my prayer is, you don't plug in anywhere, and just go start some more ministry. Oh, and don't do it here. And don't do it at my church. Do it down the road. Do, do, do it alongside, you know, Crime services. Go do it in the schools. Go do, go do it. And here's the thing. People who never knew the address of this church will start to know that they are loved by God and loved by this church. That's the power of washing feet. That's the power of loving like Jesus. I'm so excited for you because I've seen nothing but a consistent move toward this for the last seven years. Please hear me, I'm not saying this because I think there's something broken that needs fixed. I'm not saying this because I think that you're, you're not doing enough. I'm not saying this to guilt you. I'm saying this because a ship that's off by one degree by the time it's crossed the ocean is in the wrong country, okay? And I get to say these things. I get to call you out because then I'm gonna go home. And that's what I want Damien to do to my people. I want him to look at them and say, if you're not personally evangelizing, then you are messed up in your faith because you think it's about you and not about God. And then I want him to give that big Damien smile. And people can't get mad at Damien. I get so frustrated by that. People get mad at me all the time. He's just gonna give that big smile. He's gonna say, amen. Everyone's gonna say, amen. Yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> look, the Holy Spirit will comfort you but preaching's meant to prod you a little bit. Now, if you are serving in tremendous ways and you're doing these things and you're making a difference for the kingdom, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Keep going. Do not grow weary of doing good. Do not become, I love this. Rust out, don't burn out. At some point, your body's gonna give up, fine. Die, go see Jesus. That's, we're all looking forward to it. But in the meantime, our calendar, our resources, who we are, gear fully toward Jesus in every way. And that is how this world will know they're loved. That's how they'll know you're the disciple. So we said, what does it look like a follower? Jesus says it, James says it, says you wanna talk to me about faith, let's look at what's being produced. Not that your works grants you salvation, that's heresy, only faith will do that. But I'll tell you what, you can tell what this plant is by the fruit being produced on its vines. James says you wanna talk to me about your faith, okay, fine. I will show you my faith through my good deeds, for faith without works is dead. Continue in this way. Do not grow comfortable as things go. First of all, it's not gonna go back to normal. 2019 is Egypt, we're called out of Egypt, go to 2021. Do not grow comfortable, stay hungry. Keep on looking for every opportunity to wash every foot. And I know God is blessing you. But more than just blessing you, he's blessing out there. He's blessing out there every week because of you. Never give that up. Don't be known for great music, but please continue to have it. Don't be known for great preaching. Don't be known for anything other than the love you have for those who are unconvinced of Jesus. Father, I pray that any offense that's been heard is from you, not me. I pray that any word that was spoken too sharply from my tongue because of my human fallacy, that you would smooth that over. I pray that the people of your church at New Life Christian Ministries would hear this message, that they are not somehow insufficient, that they are not somehow lacking. Lord, instead, that you are encouraging them. Father, when you put together the letters to the seven churches of Revelation, even the church that had it right, you still encouraged them to continue. The church that had lost their way, you told them to return to their first love. Father, you are constantly challenging us. Yes, your Holy Spirit comforts us, but every time I look at every scripture throughout the entirety of your Bible, I'm constantly compelled to find new ways to express this love that you've given me. Father, I am so thankful for the people in my life who expressed your love because without them, I would not be here. And I'm not talking about standing at a wonderful church, I'm talking about in your kingdom. Father, I'm so thankful that you've not just saved us from hell, you've saved us from uselessness. Lord, the most tragic thing for me is the, the believer who is useless. Father, your, your son Onesimus, as you talked about him, as, as your servant Paul wrote about him, the very name means useful. I love that. As, as he wrote to Philemon, he says, what once was useless to you is Onesimus, useful to me. Father, may our salvation story not just be eternity, though we're so thankful. May it also be that you have taken us from uselessness and toil and you have transformed us to work on your behalf for your kingdom's glory. Father, we repent of the misprioritization. Lord, repent is an ugly word. You're not here to guilt us. You're here to bring us back into alignment so we turn from making other things the priority be it our, our personal schedule, be it, be it even the good things like our jobs, be it the bad things like the division. We repent from those things and we turn fully toward you. 
And Father, we ask you to continue to show us how to love. There is no servant who is greater than his master, and so we will follow your example. We'll wash feet. We'll become people of the towel. We'll be people who are here to serve. And we will trust in you that you will provide every opportunity for people to receive you in faith, for lives to be transformed through the goodness of your son. And Lord, our edification, our blessing will come from being where you are, serving, loving, caring. Father, may they know we are yours by our love. And may our love be a verb that we would act out together. See your sons when we pray. Amen.